0: Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B R E I N fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L I F O 1 5. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by BrainFuel here with co-host Andy Dolich and our guest today in Mike Millay, managing partner for Clancy Sports along with Engagement and a couple of other businesses we'll get into. But Mike has had an astounding career in the world of sports business, Um, spent some good time at ESPN's uh, Disney Worldwide of Sports, Wide World of Sports, I should say. Um, And Mike, we're going to talk a little bit about What does the impact of youth sports and sports tourism have on kind of the rest of the sports business world that a lot more people pay attention to? Whether that be the big four leagues, you know, globally, etc. But there's a lot happening at the grassroots level that will have profound impacts in the future. So, nonetheless, welcome,
1: Jake. Thanks a lot, and Andy. Always good to to see you and talk to you. So um, excited to excited to, to 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 share whatever. Wisdoms or insights that I have, whether they're worth anything is another question. But Oh,
2: they're worth something. Not from us, but they're worth something. <laughs> that's for sure.
1: Hey, Andy, uh, you know, I,
0: I, I failed to mention Mike's Mike's a Bobcat. So we've got three Bobcats here, right. um, you know, excited to, uh, you know, share the learnings of, of another OU uh, connection.
2: Yeah, I don't know how Athens, and uh, most of us probably thought we were going to Greece, not Ohio. I'm I, guessing that's, that's what I you know.
1: but it was a it was a fun it was a fun experience that i think has bound is as tight as you know together forever which i think is a, a, a band of
2: bobcat brothers and sisters for eternity that's correct absolutely that's
1: correct. well let, let me let me see if i can try to start uh attacking your question jake i it it you know at, at espn wide world sports i had a i had a pretty unique position in that i got a chance to watch on an average basis about 40 different sports a year from NCAA events to national governing body events to pro sports. So it gave me a very unique seat to see how all of these different organizations in different sports either work similarly or did not work similarly. And I think that was really insightful and shaped a lot of the way I think now about the entire sports ecosystem in the United States. we had a great partnership for 20 plus years with the Atlanta Braves. There's still a, 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 an ongoing relationship with the AAU. And we held, held just about, we partnered with just about every pro organization. I, we had a PGA Tour, and I know you're involved with that. So we had a PGA Tour event here that fell underneath me for a while. Um, and I think the interesting thing that I saw is that the, the sports industry, as, as complementary it is to one another, they don't actually learn from each other. Um, you know, if 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 you're in major league baseball, you really don't know what's going on in USA volleyball. Why would you? Why should you? But I will tell you that that where I was sitting, I got a chance to see where all these where all the common threads were and where the total disconnects. I always said, you know, why doesn't why doesn't baseball do what wrestling does? Why doesn't soccer do what football does? And it's because they just don't talk to each other. Once you get locked into your career path. You're so maniacally focused on your peer group within your sector that you don't see outside there. And there's a, there's a wealth of opportunity and experience that if they only shared with each other, we would be more uniform. Just more.
2: a perfect interjection. I mean, as I was starting in the world of sports um, back in the Civil War times, as you remember, um, I looked at Disney to help me understand uh, consumer marketing. Yeah. And service, service, service. I didn't look at other sports teams. I didn't look at other leagues because I didn't think, I mean, the business wasn't there yet. right? And that whole sort of magic place, the town square, the level of, if you see a piece of paper, immediately pick it up, don't wait for three memos to be written. Right. Um, right. That That helped me. And I don't think that even exists today where people are going, well, yeah, I, I haven't gotten that,
1: right? Correct. Well, our, our, the, the one company that I'm a partner with, my oldest son who works at the Disney Institute for, for seven years, plus another gentleman by the name of Rick Jones, who you know, uh, with, with fish bait Marketing. Um, you know, it, engagement basically looks at, you know, well, let me take a step back. Disney overall, if you think about it, is, has an unbelievable culture. And every organization has a culture. The question is whether it's architected or whether it's organic. And unfortunately, a lot of times they're organic based on the leader and his or her leadership style, which is which is bad. And then if they're gonzo, it's over. That's right? correct. And, and so as a brand called Ohio State or LSU or San Francisco 49ers, your brand should not be defined by a leader who's sitting in that in that spot. And that's the mistake that I see a lot of organizations have made, is that they, they, they lean on that leader and that leader's insight, as opposed to having true core values of what your brand stands for, and then, then determining what those, those service standards are for your leadership, which then gets down to the fans. I, 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 look at, I look at college athletics overall. We spend so much time on the coaches and the athletes. When it's all said and done, it's the fans who pay for everything. And yet we don't know enough about our fans, knowing that any, any organization has five different sets of fans that show up and all their expectations are different. So if you don't understand the personas and the, the consumer insights there, you are probably not servicing them the way you should. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that, that I think has helped inform me. And yeah. Disney was, just gave me a great foundation to, to, to launch that business.
0: Mike, you mentioned kind of the connection piece, right? There's this understanding that if you're a you know, youth soccer player, right? You probably follow an MLS team, a USL team, right? Because you're playing. And so when yep. you play, you usually follow. And if Johnny is following, right? Mom and dad are probably following because it's the interest of their kid. Where does that youth consumer insight data live? Who Who can tap into it? And what do you need to know if you are... A team, a league, and about the youth space—that is, quite frankly, there's probably more fans there
1: than there are anywhere else. Well, they are. Unfortunately, it's exceptionally fragmented. It's exceptionally unsophisticated, but gaining in sophistication. Um, I mean, if you're uh, if you're U.S. soccer, I mean, it, it, you got to think about it. You got to go back to 1978. The Amateur Athletic—most people don't realize the AAU decided who who represented the United States at the Olympic Games. So Tokyo back in 1978 would have been decided by the AAU and not by all these national governing bodies. So when, when the, the, the Amateur Sports Act came in play and, and empowered all these national governing bodies, they separated and started doing their own thing. And in fairness, you don't have control. So I'll grab USA Basketball, for example, Jim Tooley, good friend who runs that. They really don't have as much impact or influence at the grassroots level because for years they focused on the dream team, that Olympic team, that NBA team. And most NGB's focus on the top 1% of all the athletes in their sport because they're focused on getting gold in Tokyo because that's how they're gonna get funded by the USO, USOPC, right? And so when you're focused on 1% and not on the, the bottom part, i.e. My, my parallel to college athletics, when you're focused on the athlete, not on the fan, you're gonna miss some opportunities that um, are are just waiting to be cultivated. Um, So back to your real question about how do you get access to that information? Very slowly, very difficultly because there is no one central hub for all this information. If you wanted to go into baseball, youth baseball alone, there's probably 17 different organizations that have data. And now a lot of them are private organizations who are actually making more money than people would, and people would be astounded as to how much money they're making now off of the backs of grassroots athletics.
2: So Mike, I, I want to go back to where Jake started in the whole concept of youth sports, which is hard enough to define in, in North America, in, in the United States. And um, I have the lens of having three adult children now that were all multi-sport athletes played on quality teams and played through college on D3 right. not scholarship athletes right. but good enough to play and <clears throat> what i see now is specialization yes um and i also see premiership and i see many young people at 13 being told well sorry you didn't make the traveling team Correct. sorry you're not good enough and where do they go how serious is this what i think is a disconnect for play for fun as opposed to now you literally have high school basketball players that can turn pro and play in the g league
1: well you hit it right on the head we we moved we moved from play to compete to excel and, and And along the way, we lost kids to participation for that very reason, Andy. And like you, all my kids, I went through the vortex of the storm where we were traveling all over God's creation to watch our kids play because we want to watch our kids play. That's the fun part, you know. But what we didn't know... Thank God it's
2: Monday, so we don't have to travel to a crappy motel, a place where it's 115, and eat at an unnamed restaurant. (laughs) My my key word, play, though, right? There's plenty of...
0: And look, I've been a part of it when when I was younger. You'd be on a travel team because that was the team that you needed to be on. But then you didn't play as much as you were supposed to, or they got seventeen hundred yeah. kids on the team, and so you know you go to every other weekend, right? And it's like, well, and
1: and and then your parents get 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 upset, and they decide to move you to the other team that you because right. you will play over there. And so uh, along the way, you know, Andy, you mentioned it. Specialization is hurting kids. Doctor Doctor James Andrews, you know, you know, just the world-recognized orthopedic surgeon, operated on both of my, on two of my boys for ACL tears, you know, and my one, he tore his ACL when he was 12 and he was by far my best soccer player. There's no question, but he never got a chance to get to that next level because we probably overplayed him. He, he was so good that everybody wanted him to guest play and he did and we loved watching him play. All of a sudden that poor little body just gave out and the knee went out. And, And I think, you know, along the way, forget about that elite athlete that got hurt at a, at a young age. It's the kids who just can't make that team. We used to have, when I ran this the soccer club, which interesting enough, I'm still on that board and I, my kids have, my, my youngest ones already graduated from college three years ago. Um, we used to have U-17 rec teams. You can't get a rec team at U-13 now because we have taught these parents and these kids that if you're not good enough you're never going to make it and we 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 put out the carrot that getting a college scholarship is the answer and that's not the answer we as administrators yeah, how many need,
2: people are getting a college yeah,
1: we as administrators need to take back sports reintroduce multi sport athletes bring back play eliminate travel minimize travel because we're losing kids, and that's leading to obesity issues, specialization Mike, issues. Mike,
2: you're, you're hired for the following. Jake, let's set another time with Mike to just really dwell on this area the, in, in detail, the whole concept of youth sports and the challenge that, that that is in front of us in America and how it affects hundreds of millions of people. No and who and who and how? How many constituencies? If Mike started naming them now, you could probably go on for ten minutes of oh, yeah, constituencies yeah. that have an effect on this, and still not run out of people to, to name.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny that the, the the youth soccer club that I'm with involved with called the Florida Rush is part of a, a larger soccer co- uh, collection of, of clubs all across the country and around the world. Um, you know. At the very top, we have our elite teams. Those kids are probably going to get scholarships. But the majority of it is is down below at at different ages. I will tell you, at Disney, there was more money in bad soccer than there was in good soccer. because (laughs) In bad soccer and young soccer, moms and dads are still watching their kids because they still have hope and they still love watching the kids play. By the time my kid gets 18... Let him go with Andy. I trust Andy. Andy's going to take care of. Him. I don't even go watch him anymore.
2: Right, and plus, mom and dad for the kid that wasn't all that good, like Jake, who didn't play. <laughs> Jake, you were not. You were baseball, right? Baseball, baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deep, deep so crazy. those parents go. Hey, Andy's running around out there. It's great. I'm going to get two giant cheeseburgers, a large coke. I'm going to buy some shirts. It's great. It's all working well.
1: So, I, I was on a plane. Literally Wednesday, I was at a plane coming back, and I sat next to this guy big guy I said where are you going he's coming to orlando i said oh you're gonna play at wide world sports he says no he's playing at, at another another uh, place and he starts so i started asking about his kids and all this stuff so he's traveling from kansas city down to orlando he's on an elite team there's one kid from st louis one kid from kansas city two kids from arizona three kids from texas and the rest of the kids are from florida all underwritten by a dad in florida All their, all their plane flights are paid for at U-12. Now these kids, listen, they all may make it, but doubtful. 12? 12. I mean, come on, Mike. Like, I mean, 12 years
0: old. I mean, I was still playing multiple sports. I started to specialize when I was 14 and that was the focus on baseball. That's because I went to a competitive high school that you had to play baseball and no other sports. And that, that's what that was. But I mean when you talk about the business component behind that, like what happens to communities? I mean, the whole, the whole essence, I mean, like, let's just think about it, right? The essence of a team, Andy, you ran a couple was to build a brand around a community. And then there's, you know, sports impact beneath that. Yeah. if there's no more community sports to that extent, (laughs)
1: Community sports still still works in small town USA, right? But even that's being affected. I'm we're, we're working on a project in St. Joseph, Missouri, that literally the best kids in St. Joseph really go now and and compete on with Kansas City players, right? Because it, it's not good enough for them. And again, I believe it's the uneducated parent who thinks their child is probably better than he or she is, <laughs> and are spending more money than they should, um, all to get to the same place that Andy and I did. You know, our kids got a lot out of sport. They're not playing pro anywhere. And, you know, and we're out, you know, uh, our know, life savings.
2: But they became quality adults who are going to teach their kids, hopefully the same lesson. And, you know, one more point before we jog into one of your 16 other um, involvements. And I was just talking to somebody about diversity. How many American born African-American players were on rosters of last year's world series?
1: Yeah, no, it's you're, you're right. Yeah. One,
2: one. Yeah. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. What does that say? And I was talking about the A's because of this potential move and, and I was going back to Dave Stewart, Ricky Henderson, Willie Stargell, um on and on and on all Oakland based players Joe Morgan and and the A's had the greatest young one of the greatest young players in Marcus Simeon from Berkeley and went to Cal and what did they do they let him go to Toronto last year and he's had you know he's having an incredible so the whole level of diversity in sports and not just color, but gender equity and and young girls. And there's so much here, but it seems like people are not working together. And you've been a big leader in teamwork, Mike. It's gotta be frustrating, but it also has to be an unbelievable opportunity to actually do something positive.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at look at the MLS and you look at if you look at the number of kids that are getting drafted out of American colleges and are actually on rosters, it's it's steadily every year has shrunk. I want to say out of of all the draft picks that came out of out of uh, college athletes that are in 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 MLS, there might be like 11 on the teams because they because it is such a worldwide sports. These are kids from all across the country. And now you're having parents having to make a decision do I send my child to go get a college degree or do I send him to, 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 to Europe to play on a, on a Division three club in Sweden? Because that's the only way he's going to get it. And I will tell you, my own son, I don't think he got better in college the way he should have. He probably was one of those guys who was such a good athlete. I could have sent him somewhere else, but he would have been robbed of that joy of a college athletic experience that I think all of us you know, said, I don't, I don't want him to miss that. And I, I don't think he regrets it, but the reality right. is he probably would be playing somewhere if, if, if that didn't happen. And that's the challenge that parents are having to make. They don't have to, but they are.
0: Mike, what's the, what's the NIL is going to certainly affect the pro sports world, right? Yeah. Or sorry, the college sports world, which will inherently affect the pro sports world, but it will largely affect, the youth sports world, where now, you know, Johnny's parent is not seeing the competition and the travel team as the chase for the scholarship. Now they're seeing it as a chase for a job, a career, a way to make money, even though that's not going to be entirely true. Where is
1: that going to land? And how, how are you seeing that affect the, the, the landscape already? Well, we've spent a lot of time in, on the outskirts of, of, looking in at nil and it i think it's going to be chaos this fall uh, and this whole year maybe the next couple years i I don't think college athletic departments are adequately prepared on either funding or skill set i think they don't know i think the 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 legal platform of different states and federal legislation is still still to be determined um, but what that just did? It just blew away amateurism as we knew it. Um, let's talk. Let's take that 12-year-old kid next that I was sitting next to his dad. Why? Why wouldn't I get his name, image, and likeness now? Because he just hit four homers uh, with the fields at 200. And he's poking it out at 325 and throwing 78 miles an hour with 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 three pitches. You know, this is a kid that you know. If he doesn't tear, up, if he doesn't get Tommy John surgery you know, is going to, all these kids are probably going to play college ball, but the point there is NIL and I'll bring another one in another acronym. Let's bring in NFTs. Um, I think NFTs are the next, the next thing that's going to begin impacting youth sports. And I will tell you youth sports don't have a clue what NIL is going to do or NFTs are going to do
2: well. And if I look at these great athletes that are now sons and daughters of halls of famer, I'm getting them when the mother announces she's pregnant or the absolutely. kids three, right? I mean- uh, Why not
1: own their rights then?
2: Yeah. What's, um, that,
1: what's that library of inventory gonna be worth when they actually hit it? Look at Vlad uh, Guerrero, right? I mean, somebody would have grabbed him early on.
2: Yeah, and and so you're absolutely right where people just look at the money, right? The fluid that flows through the brain, the, the, the brains of sports, but that's not bad, through the veins of sports is green, right? That's what everybody looks at, and the brains in sports are looking at the veins in sports. I haven't done that before, Jake. You're and, you're
0: you're trying to plug brain fuel, is is what and Yeah,
2: and they're tr- yeah, well, <laughs> the drink brain f- fuel and uh, make you smarter. But it's all about the dough, and how are people going to have any kind of coherent strategy when they don't even understand the challenge? Because, you know, the percentage of NIL and everything else is going to be small. How do you as a coach get to teamwork leadership, um, you know, <laughs> and all of that and trust when one player's going, I'm 10 years old. I, I just made 100K last year because I did this. Like, what?
1: Huh? Well, it it, it it is crazy. And I think, you know, again, these, these athletic departments are, Normally underfunded, they they don't have enough staff to do everything they need to do, and so they're just you know they're just getting through the week. And now you've thrown this complexity on a compliance officer that officer that has to watch every every tweet, every sponsorship. You know, it's just it's going to be craziness for a while.
2: Well, it already is. You see third party providers that are inundating colleges and probably talking <clears throat> to the great high schools. Um, that are producing and prep schools going, ready to go. Here's the money.
1: That's it. All, right. All you got to do is plug, plug into our platform. Um, and, yeah, if, and you're IMG, say, yeah. if you're IMG Academy um, or Mount Verde, yeah, you, you're, you're loaded with those, those next stars for sure.
2: Uh, so Jake, we, we, we've only covered two of the 96 topics today. Uh, as we're coming into the red zone, what do we got?
0: Well, we got our brain fuel segment, Mike, and I'm I'm going to throw some curveballs here for you. So Andy talked about uh, the green being in the brains of of those in the sports business industry. If you could have the brain of someone for a day, who would you choose?
1: Brain of oh, some, someone in sports. Someone in sports. Um, you know, this is I, I'm I'm being very honest here, Andy. I think Andy has one of the one of the smartest. Um, perspectives on 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 the sports industry that's out there i really do oh uh,
2: i didn't talk to mike about this this can we take a second take on this jake
1: no no you're you're his you're his chosen one no it's it's listen you 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 look around the you you look around the country and there's a lot of and i know you listen we were blessed to have a lot of leaders i look at somebody like mike boykin i mean he's a, he's this creative guy <laughs> that's sitting out there right now right and so When you when you're able to say, I wish I spent some time in Andy's brain, I do. I might got I might get dizzy, but, you know, (laughs) I know I I know I would find a handful of nuggets there that would would make me smarter.
2: Well, Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, My wife and others that know me, including Jake, don't agree, but that's that's okay. Go ahead, Jake. Number two. Mike, you know,
0: as you as you think about uh, balancing kind of the the multiple businesses that you're involved in, right? the multiple initiatives, how do you mentally prepare for a day? How do you kind of keep things straight and and ultimately, understand that you're still marching towards objectives right on all fronts but uh you know you have priorities and how do you how do you go about that yeah
1: you know it's funny I, i'm i'm at a different stage of my life I, just like andy you know i i now look i'm looking in the mirror and going what is my legacy what what did, did i make an impact sports has been very good to me has allowed me to do a lot of different things all my business is now I, for me, I believe are going to have a positive impact on an industry that, that, that fed me. So for me, balancing it is very difficult. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on way too many calls and I'm doing too many things, but I'm having more fun than I've ever had. I mean, the, the problem that I was having at Disney at the, at the end was really, we were doing the same thing um, over and over and over again. It started looking a lot alike there's not a day that's, that's the same for me now. And, and for me, that keeps me young. I'm around younger people. I'm learning a lot more about tech. And so I think I'm gonna stay young for a while. And I don't even think about retirement, even though I'm 66 years old.
0: And, and in terms of the highs and the lows of, of what those ventures bring, the involvements and, and the different things that, hey, may fail, may, may succeed at a high level, right? You don't, you don't know. But how do, how do you kind of keep you know, that even keeled uh, perspective throughout?
1: Well, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I think the harder part for me is I'm doing a lot of consulting and what I've, I found the difference between consulting and when people work for you, you had some control over if they didn't do it, you had, you had, you had some responsibility to hold them accountable. As a consultant, all I could do is give you advice. If you decide not to drink, I, I can't help you, but I gave you the advice of what to drink. Um, so that's a little, that's been a little frustrating for me. Um, so I'm having to learn to not take such high ownership over everything. Cause that's kind of was in my DNA. I'm a real A type personality. I like to, I like to just, you know, I, I really believe in lead follower, get out of the way. Um, and sometimes people just need to get out of the way.
0: Last one for you, as you think about, you know, the, the things that you've been able to accomplish over your career what was the most important aspect of the mental side of the business for you throughout the years?
1: Well, I think you know, I was at Disney, I was surrounded by a lot of wicked smart people, you know, and I was able to absorb just a lot of that 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 Disney corporate culture in there. At the end of the day, we we're a corporation that had a had a return on in investment for, for our for our investors. So it was probably finding the balance between the purity of sport that I love and why I got into it, um, balanced against I've got to hit a number. Um, so there were times when we would raise our gate prices and I would just go, Ooh, that just feels like it's too expensive, you know? Um, but the market would dictate and people would still pay it, you know? Um, so I, I think it's that that whole professionalism of sports. I, I, was probably at the, at the, at that vortex of the storm right there yeah. where, um, we had to make money off of youth sports. And just by saying that it doesn't sound right. Right. Um, But people bought their theme park tickets. They bought their room nights. They bought their food and beverage. They were going to do it somewhere else. Why not at our place and why not, why not take them to a much better place than they've ever been before. So in theory, if you played baseball at wide world of sports, you, that's that, that may be the pinnacle of your career. Um, And that's
2: a whole other significant area of health and wellness that we can speak on on session two, right? The whole mental aspect of youth sports and not just the physical that you were providing top quality places and venues um, to play on. But now the challenges that young people face, especially with COVID, coming back to what we like to call the new different, not the new
1: normal. Right. I totally agree with you, Andy.
0: Mike, really appreciate the time on the podcast today. Uh, appreciate the insights, the perspectives, and certainly looking forward to episode two with you to kind of dive in further on some of these uh, topics. Look, the, the world of youth sports is massive, uh, and, if, and it's only going to continue to grow bigger uh, and faster and, and for most better, right? So uh, it's keeping up with the times, and uh, it's going to ultimately affect the, the world that we live in uh, more and more as we go on.
2: See, Jake, this is a perfect example in what Mike has just talked about. He's a leader in the clubhouse of after-school projects that are that are functional money makers and helping people. That's what you want to do when you get older than 12 that you are now, or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See a Mike.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by BrainFuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at BrainFuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, Fuel.com with the code LIFO15, L-I-F-O-1-5 at checkout. And if you like Brain Fuel, give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review.